exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studios in Lake Wales, Florida home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show was regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because, quote, people need to know what you know, end quote. This PBA and bowling writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002. 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, The Phantom. Thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Keiko Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. Well, Phantom fans, last week we had part one of our three-part series featuring our good friend Dave Bowles. He told us about his early years up until he became a scratch bowler and began his PBA career. He told us about trying the tour and realizing he wasn't quite ready. And we left off with him bowling in the Western region. So we'll start with there. This week, we'll be continuing this exciting journey that Dave took when he showed up to Camino Bowl in Redwood City for the PBA Western Region Resident Pro Championship. All right, Dave, are you ready? Let's start with uh, the week before. What were you doing the week before? And then tell us about the practice session at Camino Bowl or anything else you can think about the week before that tournament at Mountain View, all right? Gotcha, Len. Great to be back on. Hello, Phantom fans. And, uh, yeah, that uh, that was definitely on the uh, climbing of the success that I was having. Um, just fresh off of that month-long workout with Sam Baca, here in Stockton, California, where I'm actually sitting right now where I work. And uh, I had competed in Las Vegas. They had a combined regional there, kind of first-time event at the good old Showboat Hotel and Casino and Bowling Lanes, where they have 106 lanes, right? Yep. Yeah, so uh, I had been uh, competing at a tournament uh, there in Las Vegas, and I actually missed the practice session of the regional. So I was competing in Las Vegas that day on Friday. So how'd you do at the showboat the week before? That absolutely led to what happened at that weekend in the Mountain View. But uh, I, I, you know, fresh off tour, you know, I got a good eight, nine months under my belt, feeling pretty good. The, the stuff that Bach and I had been working on was, was settling in. I had had a fifth place finish at a regional a few weeks prior, so my my confidence was going up. My my feel was better than ever. And anybody that's bowled at a higher level, you always know when, when your feel's there, you, you're you, it's you're you're going to do well. All right. So 
I know this is probably still fresh in your mind. It's fresh <laughs> in my mind. I think about it at least once a week, uh, what actually happened that entire weekend. But for the fans that really don't know, uh, give us a, something to think back about a window. Basically, uh, what was the date of that weekend when you uh, were, you know, at the showboat, and then you came to the Resident Pro Championship? Remember the date? Absolutely. And you and I are going to laugh. So uh, I, I'm I'm going into the last day of the tournament. We had two eight-game blocks of match play, and going into that Friday, I'm leading the tournament. First time in my life. Here I am. I'm on top of the hill, right? Wow, feel amazing. Yeah, you know, I, I had only been bowling better each day, confidence all-time high. Unfortunately, my expectations were uh, possibly a little overblown because you don't win the tournament until the very last ball is thrown. And uh, that was the big lesson I learned. Uh, after the first eight games, uh, I was in third place. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> Bowlers won by the number of Ross Packard, arguably – one of the best regional players to ever play had taken the lead and gentleman who later became my roommate and good friend, Mike Miller had bumped up to second place. So I'm chasing two players that were way more experienced, uh, you know, more titles than I had. So I, I had dug myself a pretty good hole and I wasn't very happy about it. I was, I was disappointed in myself. Yeah. And so that was at the showboat. And then that tournament ended when did it end so that you couldn't get to Mountain View for the Resident Pro Championship? Yeah, so that that the last eight game block uh, would have been Friday afternoon, which is the normal time when a practice session of pro am would be held. I competed my eight games. I actually scratched and clawed and got back to second about halfway through the first game. Ross Packard had me shut out, and uh, you know, hats off to him. Uh, amazing champion, just just. How long is how many titles does he have? That he's just like an amazing number of titles. So, you know, uh, yeah, got on plane, flew to San Jose, landed. I'm like, all right. So, yeah, I went in cold. First time I'd ever gone into a regional tournament, cold, no practice. <laughs> you missed out oh, on the practice. Go ahead. Oh, honey, I forgot to say. Oh, that date was Friday the 13th, 1999. <laughs> so. <laughs> For those of you that are superstitious, which I'm not, uh, yeah, I was like, I didn't have a very good Friday the 13th, did I? <laughs> you know, here, I'm going to win the tournament. No, it didn't happen that way. <laughs> no, you're you're not super superstitious. You're just strange because, you know, when I told you about the show I wanted to do, and you said when, and I told you, and you said, all right, I want to record it on 11-11 at 11-11 in the morning. That's what you told me. You're you're a wonder with numbers and stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. I want to take a pause for a minute because I want to recognize another guy that accomplished basically the same feat you did. He's world famous too, and that's Glenn Allison. You know, he, he took a spot on our show to advertise this new shirt that he's got. So get your pencils and paper ready because here's a chance to get a one-of-a-kind souvenir. It's a brand new Glenn Allison 900 shirt and enjoy a discount from Phantom Radio. And the 900 shirt has an image of Glenn on it and it says 900, I did it. So call his friend and manager, Jerry Hale, to order it at 714-309-7587 and be the first in your area 
to get this historic souvenir shirt. Once again, for that jersey, 714-309-7587. And be sure to mention uh, Phantom Radio, and they'll give you a discount. All right, Dave, we're, we're back. You flew into San Jose to get ready for the Resident Pro Championship, which is a huge tournament because uh, the top seven guys in the region earn a trip back east uh, to bowl in the National Resident Pro Championship. And winning that tournament is the highway to the tour. Uh, it allows you to have an exemption, and which is hard to get on the tour. Was that in your mind that you were, you know, bowling good and you thought you might have a chance? Or I know they take a point system there. How were you doing in the points as far as that went? Yeah. So, yeah, basically my only window, because I, I had been gone on the tour most that year, my only window to get into that tournament, it, it, I think your number's right, seven. It was three from points and, and four from the placement of that tournament that I was showing up to play. Okay, so seven guys went wherever they went. I, I forget where that was. Do you remember? <laughs> somewhere in Florida. Yeah, we went somewhere in Florida. All right, so let, let's just review Friday the 13th. It's Friday night. You fly in. You go. Did you have a reservation at a hotel there? Or how'd that work out? Normal night. No, I stayed with, stayed locally with some friends. Um, uh, we were. I think uh, one of the guys that I had longtime friend Ted Gladke and I had stayed at a, a local friend's house. So yeah, always. Uh, you know, after being on the road that much, it was always appreciative to be in you know someone's household when you're on the road. Yeah, you mentioned Ted. We've mentioned him before. He. What a heck of an athlete. That guy, he, he was a high jumper in college. He jumped over seven feet, which is like jumping over your door. I can't hardly think about even jumping over the doorknob, let alone the bar. But uh, he was a great bowler, great golfer, the whole nine yards. What an athlete he was. He ended up at Cal uh, bowling over there, that great team that they had. Uh, so when you went to Arizona and, and you went to college there, did you also bowl that team or what? Uh, we crossed paths, I think, a couple of times. I, I played a total of two full seasons at Arizona. Um, yeah, we, we showed up at a, at a tournament with them. Um, yeah, we had some success. They had some success. I want to say that they made it to Nationals uh, one of their years. Our, my team missed out by 100 pins my last year there, which uh, total score-wise, you're talking like 15,000-something. So to lose, a, to lose a tournament, team tournament like that by 100, that was, uh, it was very close. Yeah, that's kind of not strange, but uh, you know, you're from California. You ended up in Arizona. How'd you end up at that college? You could have gone anywhere. Yeah, I, um, I had a, I got recruited by a, a, one of my local friends that uh, he had gone down the year prior. He goes, "Hey, come check it out. We got a team. We could use a good bowler," which I, you know, compliment there. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I just went down there, and it was, uh, you know, here I was from a small town, Modesto, California at that time. And I go down to the big city of Tucson, Arizona. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool down here. So ended up, uh, yeah, was down there for a total of three years, uh, two years I bowled collegiately and great, great experience. Anybody listening, if you have a chance to pull college bowling, take it. It You will, you'll, you'll, you'll have memories that will last you the rest of your life. Yeah. I got involved with the Cal team for a while and yeah, the, ex <laughs> the enthusiasm and all that was unbelievable yeah. in college bowling. And, and again, you you mentioned another guy on the team, Doug Chase. Eric Adolphson was on that team. He became a tour champion. How about Ricky Corona? Was he a pretty good player too? 
<laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's your top five team in the country starting lineup right there for sure. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of talent in that team. Well, there was one other guy on the team, Paul. Remember him, Paul Brenner? I do. Yeah, yeah. I think he got rookie, rookie of the year his, uh, for the collegiate program that year. Yeah, yeah so. un- unbelievable team. And uh, like oh, you say, uh, you ended up being friends with all those guys. Yes. Awesome. All right. So now you go. You go with Ted. You get a room at a friend's house. And how late did you guys stay up? Is there anything weird that happened that night? Because something weird happens almost every night where you were there. Normal night. Um, Saturday, just uh, we rolled into the tournament. I get there. That's where you and I met up. You were running the tournament. You you had over overseen the the lane conditions, which were. For those of you, there's a little bowling history lesson. Uh, Hudson Bug Sprayer was uh, used to apply the oil at the tournament, and you were like the Picasso, you and Sam, of doing lanes by hand. You guys just knew your stuff, and you did the lanes. We had we had a, a modern surface at the time. It was put down on wood lanes, but it was it had like some synthetic qualities to it. It was just a different finish. Uh, so we were kind of we were kind of the testers for for bowling on that surface if I remember right. So there was some uh, there a lot of unique stuff. Scores first block were through the roof. They were so high scoring. Uh, Terrell Lloyd I think had two three hundreds in this five game block. So I'm getting there looking around. There's a buzz, you know, two forties two fifties all over the place. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's let's you know let's just get out there and, and have at it. Well, listen, listen, let, let's finish up with Saturday first before we get to Sunday. Sure. Or are you on Saturday already? I just got to Saturday morning. And uh, <laughs> okay. I mentioned uh, that it, I lost in a lot. My the eventual champion in Las Vegas was Ross Packard. Yeah. And uh, coincidentally, he and I crossed together in our, our four-person pairing on Saturday. So <laughs> here you got the guys who finished one, two, and the tournament just ended, you know, a few hours before, and here we are bowling again. So uh, that I, that was a, that was a pretty cool coincidence. Uh, Ross unfortunately didn't fare well in the tournament; uh, did not make it to the the next day. But uh, I'll say this: my first game out of the block, ten warm-up shots, or whatever we got back then, uh, was two seventy-six. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me give a little preview about what happened there. I went down the week before to do the lane assignments, because that being a, one of the majors, uh, we picked the lane assignments just at random so that nobody had an advantage crossing with that guy or whatever. And I looked at the lanes and they were in bad shape. And I told Brett, I says, Brett, we can't bowl a term around this. They're impossible that they're all broken up. The boards are split, blah, blah, blah. He says, I know. He says, we were going to resurface, but it, it turned out we couldn't and because uh, we were going to do it over Christmas. And this was October, so we're going to have to live with it. And I said, man, this is a major. He says, well, let me see what I can do. So he called the owner. He says, we got to recoat, blah, blah, blah. So he says, all right. So he called me. He says, come on down tomorrow night. So I went down the next night, and we pulled the coat of finish. And like you said, it was a new guy who find a finish. And he had his lane guy there, Big John. And then <laughs> Brett, he helped us. And as we were pulling the coat, some lanes accepted the finish easier than others. Some had just sucked it right down because there were so many really sucker boards is what they called. 
And he says, what do you think? I said, I don't know. This looks like a hopscotch around here, you know, checkerboard. Some lanes look beautiful. Some look terrible. He says, well, we got to go with it, right? And I go, yeah, but the only other problem, Brett, is it takes 30 days for this new lane finish to cure. It'll dry in four hours, but it's got to cure. Now, we got a tournament less than a week away. He said, well, what's going to happen? I said, I don't know. <laughs> and, and I didn't. <laughs> So I did the lanes for the practice session on Friday morning, and everybody said, oh, they're hooking, they're hooking too much. Well, that would usually happen when you recoat lanes. The solvents in the finish uh, keep drying, and it dries up the oil on top. And I'm thinking, this is going to happen tomorrow, too. So on Saturday morning, I put a little bit more oil in the middle and on, on the outsides, too, to make them a little tougher. And Ted Hoffman had told me, he says, you remember – this is a major. We want the scores to be on the lower side. I says, I know, Ted, I know. And he said, well, I'm going to be gone on Sunday. He says, I'm not going to be here for the finals. He says, but I'm going to be up at a proprietor's meeting in Reno. So you call me and let me know what happened. And this is a big tournament. I got to turn the names in for the National Resident Pro Championship. All right, Ted. Well, Ted was my boss. So, all right. Go ahead with Saturday. What else happened Saturday morning? So, uh, yeah, uh, just, uh, you know, off their great start, that's always one of those things. If I came out of the gate good, just kind of you relax. You're like, okay, I got a shot. I'm carrying. Um, knew, knew that the pace of scoring was high, but uh, probably had gotten to a point where I was more like the kids today, they like to call it follow the process it's your routine my routine was like set in from uh bowling so many days in a row and i just like i said i followed the process um and i got enough pins like i said scores were high if i had to guess for that eight game block i was going to say I, I was close to 300 over for the eight uh and didn't lead by any means uh but i would say i, I was definitely in the top 10 i definitely made the cut comfortably yeah whatever happened um you're right some of the like ted came in uh, before he went to Reno, and he says, you know, these scores look a little bit high. And I says, well, Ted, you know, some of these lanes accepted the finish, which held the oil better, and other lanes uh, hooked a little bit more because they sucked the finish right up, and the, and the oil was uh, not staying stable on the lane. So we walked up and down the concourse that morning, and like you said, uh, I know this is on the top of your mind because that was a highlight of your life probably. I hope it's not because I hope you have more. But, uh, yeah, one guy had back-to-back 300s in the morning, and as the day went on, some guys were way over, but there were some guys way under. They hit the wrong pairs. And so we cut the field after 16 games that day, and I, and you say you were like 300 over, right? Approximately, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what position you were in? Because uh, you did make the cut. Yeah, it, you know what? I, I the next day is locked into my memory for how well that day went. But I'm gonna say I was like seventh, between seventh and ninth. I definitely was in the top ten. Not not anywhere near the top. I remember that, but you know, comfortably into the the number as as you call it when you make the cut. Okay, just for the details part of this, uh, what ball did you use on that Saturday? Had a ball. Uh, Branded, it was an AMS Angle Plus, drilled by Dave Smart, who was running the PBA Tour truck back in 1989. 
who later went on to have a very, uh, very solid career with the Columbia 300 company. And uh, it was uh, something, you know, he said he recommended layout. It, and he actually changed my thumb pitch for the first time in my life. And, and in modern terms, you're going to laugh, but I'll throw it out. I was a half reverse and he cut it down to a quarter. At the time, my span was over five inches. I, I have a fairly long and skinny hand. So he said, hey, do this. You know, you won't squeeze as much. You know, he explained it to me, which back then it was kind of green to me. But I said, yeah. So I put my hand in it. I felt that ball. I'm like, wow, this ball feels great. So there again, feel. I had a great feel with the bowling ball. And uh, all I had to do was, you know, let it go. Get it off my hand. And the ball the ball was one of the best balls I've ever built in my life. Dave, Dave Smart did an amazing job on that ball. And I every time I see him, I said, hey, you, you drilled that ball. <laughs> I guess so, because what was to come was something unbelievable. But I'll never forget that day, because for some reason, um, that was a Saturday. It was like October, what, 16th, 15th? October 14th. October 14th. And all day, kids in costumes, Halloween <laughs> and all that, were coming in and trick-or-treating and all that. I go, it's not even Halloween. You can't trick-or-treat now. And Everybody had costumes on. It was all kind of weird stuff was going on. You know, one guy that had uh, a 300 game, he shot 140 the next game. And he says, these lanes suck. I said, what about the last game? He goes, that's different. You know, so <laughs> so it was kind of funny because there were so many strange things going on. And uh, All right. Yeah. So you finished that day Saturday. Uh, what did you do after you got done bowling that night? Just the normal, you know, go get some dinner, you know, go call a night. We had to be back early the next morning. Uh, one thing that was going on that you and I had never experienced in our lifetime is the World Series featured the San Francisco Giants versus the Oakland A's. You know, at 26 years of age, uh, you know, the two teams that I rooted for for my entire life were playing each other in World Series. First time that had ever happened. So that was, uh, and you and I being our big sports fans, we are, especially baseball, that was pretty cool. So we were, we, I think we, you know, I checked out the game and uh, what would that have been? Uh, I don't know. That was early in the, in the series, I'm sure. Yeah, that that was, because you're right. We were both Giants fans and Oakland fans. And there they were, the Battle of the Bay. And, you know, it was back and forth. And that was awesome. So I remember that night, you know, wrapping up. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm going to get in trouble because, there were eight 300s in the tournament that day. and But I looked at all the scores, and half the field was up and half the field was down, which is normal. So I think there was like 90 guys in that tournament, and I think there was 45 guys over, 45 guys under. So that was a good excuse for me to tell uh, Ted when I had to call him the next day uh, what was going on because he was going to yell at me because there was a couple of, uh, you know, extra 300 games that they – the tournaments never really had. We averaged three 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 hundred a tournament. We had eight already the first day. And this was a major. I'm in big trouble. So I didn't have a lot of easy time sleeping that night because Ted was my boss and I was scared to death of him. <laughs> hey, pat yourself on the back. In my mind, you did a great job with the lanes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. There's sure. always one. There's always one guy that's happy. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, so. You, you went back to the room with your buddy, Ted, and the guy you were staying with. Uh, did you guys stay up all night, play cards? What did you do that night? 
normal, normal, uh, you know, normal, you know, hang out for a bit, catch some sleep, get up early and just get, just get ready for the next day. Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. All right. So you felt like you had a good shot. You'd been bowing good. Uh, you, when you went to sleep that night, did you have a positive attitude that, man, this might be something where I can go on to the resident pro championship if I finish in the top four, because uh, like you said, you didn't bowl enough tournaments to get any points. The only way you can go to the resident pro championship was to perform and finish in the top four. Did you, did you feel enough confidence to do that? If I had one goal, if I had one thing in the back of my mind, it was to make the top four. Like you said, to get that, it was an all expense paid trip to Florida. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm like, I think we went in December. So that's the best time of year to go to Florida because it's nice and warm. And, you know, we're out here having our California winter, which, eh, okay. I know I'll get, I'll get some flack for saying that, but uh, where, where I live, it does get kind of cold and damp in the winter. So that was it. Just, just make the top four bowl. Good enough to make the top four. That was it. I had no other, anything another goal beyond that in my head all right well this is working out perfect because they got another minute left and i want to tease the audience and have them listen to what you got to say when you got up that morning and went to the bowl uh, what'd you do before you even started bowling anything different anything special what i remember is you've shared such so, so ton of stories and you know the bowlers the guys that you know bowl at a higher level they you know, they, they obviously, they think different. And, and I remember you, uh, you, uh, tell me a story about Steve Cook at the Pacifica, a similar tournament. And he, maybe the, I'm sorry, I take that back in your end of the year tournament. And he just walked in and like lapped the field by like four or 500. And, and when he got done, you, you said, Steve, what, what, you know, what you bowled amazing. And he, you know what he told you? I've seen this before. <laughs> exactly. We'd put down a tour, a tour condition. <laughs> He'd never been there before. He walked in with two balls, a black and a pink hammer, and used them in different parts of the house. And he'd never been there before. And so you had that same kind of a feeling, right? I I, I had experience in that house. We bowled eight gamers there. Uh, that was one of the places that would host a monthly eight gamer. And I remember there was a certain trick to play in that house. I didn't have to use it on Saturday. But Sunday, definitely, it, I had it in my, you know, my bag of tricks, and and uh, it definitely when when I saw what the lane was doing, I was like, okay, let's, let's try it, let's try that trick. <laughs> all right, well, we're all set up for the next week. I want you back here for the third show because we're gonna go through that whole day on Sunday, the finals at the Resident Pro Championship, and I'm I'm guaranteeing anybody that didn't know about it. Uh, they're going to be shocked and excited because I'll tell you what, that's one of the greatest things, probably in the top three of things I've seen in bowling in my entire career. And I've been around a long time. So when you got a closing statement to make, Dave, we got a minute to go. No, I appreciate you, Len. And uh, fans, thanks for listening. We, we uh, Lenny and I are history buffs and uh, my little piece of it. It's, it's cool to share it with you guys. Fantastic parts. Well, I love you, and I appreciate you being on and taking your time. I know you got business to do, and you fit this in so we can do this interview. So, Phantom fans, next week we're going to have the conclusion of a three-part series of Dave Bowles, so be sure to check in with us. We want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling and Brad Edelman.
He's from the High Rollers. You all remember him. We want to announce a new program that we're going to have. It's to be called the Phantom Junior Bowlers Club. And the trouble. Big Bowlers, 21 years of age. And you need some love and care. And nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me. And soon I will be. This is the Phantom.